1: Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown.
2: Hey, this is O'Teal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week.
3: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comes of Time podcast. That is O'Teal. And that is Mike. Actually, this is...
2: <laughs> the- <laughs> The old O'Teal, I'm not sure. rather One part's
3: been let on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> teal has gone fishing. So, uh, what, I mean, we, uh, the, the, you know, we used to kind of say after every episode, this might be my favorite episode. This might be my favorite episode. I kind of think, uh, this one's in, in contention for maybe we had Dr. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Schwartz, Dick Schwartz, uh, founder of the IFS Institute, Internal Family Systems, um, an absolute game changer in the world of uh, psychotherapy, of mental health, how to address it, how to approach it, how to acknowledge and identify and accept, And work on the uh, many parts that make us up and who we are. And um, we talk about mental health quite a bit on this podcast. And we try our best to um, be as vulnerable and as open as we can be. And uh, I've tried this therapy. It's been unbelievably beneficial to me in just accepting that I am who I am. And there are no All bad parts. parts. <laughs> and that's the, and just to be able to have him on this podcast is just like an absolute mind blowing experience. Uh, so, yeah. this, I'm genuinely like thrilled the way that this came out.
2: I think you were correct as we were talking uh, off camera, so to speak, that in the future, I think they're going to really see this guy is like the next Freud he's like he's he's, that big it will with time it's gonna happen we did he did a little I don't want to say session but he was like you want to try it and I was just like yeah you know inside I was like no way I do not want to do this on camera I'm not even sure it'll work he, you know, he's so beautiful and just so calm. He's like, well, let's just try." Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And he just asked me a simple question and it's not any big like thing. It's very just direct. Uh, he, he said, you know, what, what's your pain? Well, what does it make you do? So you get to identify zero in on this part, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, Really, something really, really enlightening, revelation like, why it just seems too easy to be true.
3: Yeah. Yep. Right. Great, great point. I mean, totally. And the <laughs> word, the word relief is like an an understatement. Like when we were talking, like we talk about language during this and we, you met, you brought up something. I was, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth and I'm so glad you did because the, the way that we discuss this stuff, right? Like, you know, I mean, mental health and therapy and psychotherapy and all of this there's insurance there's medicare there's there's clear like documentation of uh, a diagnosis in order to get payment and blah 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 and then there's the mystic and the religious and the vast world in between and how it all you're not going
2: to get covered by insurance oh god no
3: (laughs) but that idea of like just having a feeling of of just relief from yourself or relief from the work that our parts have to do or relief from the pain. There's a word, there's a thing that, that it's indescribable and it's tears and it's a feeling of empathy for yourself and a feeling of compassion for yourself that I I think, unfortunately, a large percentage of people will, may never be open to feel. And it's, it's, It's not
2: even encouraged. It's discouraged. Right. Stiff upper lip. Yeah. And that's crazy. Stiff upper lip. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But this guy is a scientist. Like, you know, he's been doing this for 40 years. He discovered this. It'll be 40 years next year. And over time, it's worked over and over and over again. So there's empiricism as well. Yep. Um, And, uh, so it's not, you know, it's not like a new religion that he started or something. This is scientific, but it has to involve things that necessarily can't be quantified scientifically, but the results can.
3: Right, right. It's and really it, and, beautiful. And and what's <clears throat> what's amazing about this particular, you know, mode of psychotherapy is that as the therapist, he's just the guide. He's just yeah. saying, let me help you do the work. And I think that if for, for maybe folks who have been turned off by the wrong therapist, or you hear a lot of people that maybe, you know, you tried it, you didn't like it, and this per you know, it's a, it's therapy's like dating. You got to keep getting back on the horse. I mean, it might not be the best right off the bat. IFS is like, I don't know. It's just, it's a journey and you know, it's important because it doesn't yeah. take very long to know that it's working. Yeah. I
2: mean, I knew instant, you know, like just the basic concept of, you know, there's a part of you that drives you to what? Overeat, watch porn, uh, be angry, at use people. heroin, drink too much. <laughs> what? Right. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So he says let's get to know that part instead of trying to kill that part or make the part stop or beat it into submission or whatever, like ask the part. And then you find out this part has been trying to protect you since you were a kid. In fact, the part still thinks you're a kid, the part's still a kid. And it's just like, wow. So when I was able to get in touch with that for immediately, like feeling like this part is my enemy, it's always making me do something that hurts me. I felt gratitude. I was like, wow, thank you for like being on the job 24-7 trying to protect me. For decades. Even though I'm not 12 anymore.
0: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Go to PantheonPodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win.
3: And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
0: And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S.
2: You're not 12 anymore. It just got off track, out of battle, you know, because we're taught to not... uh, Listen to it. Ask it. Ask it. Like it's worn out. <laughs> you think you're worn out. It's worn out. Like trying to protect you. And it's just what a radically different approach.
3: And you know what? I <laughs> think the tears and the relief hotel come when that that part goes. You care how I feel. Yeah. You so actually you go, Thank care. You part. You actually care how I feel. You you care that I've been on my feet for. 36 years, like you care that I've been scared to blink because if I do, you'll die for the I past 36, sleep. I can't yeah, I sleep, sleep. It with I can't, one eye open and, and you go, how, how would you, how would you like to be, how, what would you like to do in here? I mean, that's when you're, that relief thing, that whoo, that washes over yeah. you. That, that's the stuff that we all need to that's what we've talked about meeting love or accessing that yes. light or whatever it may be like those moments man this is podcast now that part, if that's what you're yeah that
2: part is able to do what it's original what it was originally created for which is a positive job love yeah instead and now, of fear yeah now and we have a bunch of parts so now we got a whole team. It's a love that party, into, yeah. To like, let's do this. It's it's great. You guys just got to watch this one. Yeah, you just gotta
3: watch this one. It's, it's awesome. uh yeah, Doctor Schwartz. Um, we can't thank you enough for for spending yeah. time with us. And uh, it's ifs dash institute dot com.
2: Yes, ifs dash institute dot com. Excellent.
3: Well, please Internal check it out, system. folks, and. uh, this world is hard and this world is shit. So please, please, please take care of yourselves and, and be kind to each other. And, uh, thank you for listening. Um, we hope that this is uh, as helpful to you guys, as it, as it was for us. Um, you can find us over on, uh, patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod for, uh, bonus content, which we'll have about we'll be talking about this for sure. And, uh, yeah. thank you for, uh, and we're here on Osiris home to so many great podcasts. So check out OsirisPod.com. Thank you everybody and enjoy. Bye-bye. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us today it's a pleasure to have you here and uh we've been uh really excited to to chat with you um there seems to be so many incredible um moves forward in the world of um mental health and counseling and various different um theories and practices and internal families systems is uh one of the most exciting out there at the moment really how did you come up with this uh
2: it's, you've developed this back in the 80s, is that what I understand? That's right, yeah.
4: Um, yeah, I was, I was all excited to be a family therapist back then. I'd gotten a Ph.D. in that, and I thought we'd found the Holy Grail, that family therapy could take care of everything, and decided to prove that, and uh, so did an outcome study. Made the mistake of trying to prove it, did an outcome study, with bulimia i had about gather about 30 bulimic kids and their families and reorganize the families just the way the book said to and my clients didn't realize they'd been cured because they kept binging and purging and so out of, <laughs> out of frustration i started asking why and they started talking this crazy to me at the time crazy language of parts and they would say There was this critic that drives me crazy and attacks me whenever anything happens that's bad in my life. And then that brings up a part that can make me feel totally worthless and empty and alone and young and scared. And that feeling is so horrible that in comes the binge to take me away from that feeling. Wow. But then the, the binge brings back the critic who's calling me a pig on top of the other name. And then that brings back that young, empty, worthless feeling. So the binge has to come back. And they'd be caught in that vicious cycle for days. And so I initially got worried. Maybe these kids are sicker than I thought because they were talking about these parts as if they had lots of autonomy and could make them do things they didn't want to and were fighting with each other constantly. So I thought maybe they're more like multiple personalities. Yeah and then I listened inside myself and oh my god I've got them too and some of mine are as extreme as theirs and so then I just got curious and at first I thought they were what they seemed which is what our field typically thinks of them and basically our culture which is they're just extreme thoughts or they're just uh, parental, internalized parental voices or they're they're just out-of-control impulses. And when you think of them that way, you don't have many choices but to try and fight with them or ignore them, which is what I was getting my clients to do. And then I had a client who uh, cut herself on her wrists, and I, I started to get her to, to try and fight and coerce that part into submission. And at some point it just let me know that it wasn't really trying to hurt her and that it actually was trying to protect her. And, and in listening to that, th- that was the first time that I actually started to, that was like the turning point in this work because I actually started to listen to the part rather than try to manhandle it. Mm-hmm. And it started talking about how when she was being abused as a child, it had to get her out of her body and contain the rage that would get her more abuse. And I shifted from not just being curious, but hearing that story, I had a kind of uh, appreciation for the, the heroic role it played in her life. It actually literally saved her life. Yeah. And so I started trying to actually listen to parts of other clients that were quite extreme and, and you know, suicidal or making them binge or whatever they were doing. And they all had a similar kind of secret history of how when the client was young, they had to jump in to to protect. And that, um, in fact, they literally often still thought the client was that young. They didn't realize that the client had grown up. They were sort of frozen in that time period. And they thought they still had to protect this way. And they also carried these very extreme beliefs and emotions that had come into the client through the trauma, and then it was like a virus. These extreme beliefs and emotions would attach to the part and then drive it like a, like a, like a coronavirus. And as I got all that, I started to think, you know, maybe these parts aren't what they seem. Maybe they're just good, valuable inner citizens that got forced out of their naturally valuable states into roles that uh, can be destructive, but initially were protective. And so 40 years later now, uh, that's all been proven quite true, and it's very radical, uh, different kind of paradigm for understanding human beings.
2: The part that gets me the most, and it, it, it struck me so hard, and maybe it struck a chord inside me, was when you discovered that the part still thinks we're that young age. That's right. And that's a, uh, you know, it was a hell of a revelation. Uh,
4: how did you discover that? Again, it was mainly just by being curious and, and not trying to manipulate. And uh, as some of these parts were talking about why they did it, they would talk about how dangerous the environment was and how they were constantly worried about being hit by their father for example and I would say well how old do you think she is and they'd say five and I'd say no she's older than five mm-hmm. and, and actually that was a big uh, comfort to learn that she wasn't still five that the part didn't have to keep doing this job yeah. so yeah you know Oh, if I was to have you focus on some extreme thought or or emotion, and if you just asked how old do you think I am, you often will get single digits, so. Wow. It's
3: really incredible. Um, You know, I I, I think about the part that I think initially grasped me was um, we all have, you know, this idea – that you dealt with early on of this multiple personalities, and the fact that that was a bad thing or a negative it's a lot of pressure to be one personality twenty four seven I mean you need to have different personalities, yeah. you have to adapt and react to various circumstances, and if you are the same guy at work when you come home or if you're that that could cause quite a bit of you know in the family systems idea of that system could get pretty pretty banged up so i to me it was like oh it's okay to feel like different people at different times and those are important valuable pieces of the you know parts to
4: the whole yeah um the idea of having these inner voices or parts was pathologized by the whole multiple personality disorder movement and uh You know, while they accurately described those patients, they also said they're sick because they have one personality that got shattered by trauma into these shards of the vase. Mm. And so the goal is to kind of put Humpty Dumpty back together again. You know, the goal is to put them back into one mind. And so that conception... Uh, is what I've been f- fighting against these 40 years is the belief that having parts is is a sign of pathology because my belief is we're born with them and like you said, Mike, it's great to have them because you have to adapt and you have to be different people and, and they all have these wonderful talents and qualities to help us in our life but they get forced out of these valuable roles into these extreme roles by what happened to us yeah. and and the goal of IFS is to help them unburden these extreme beliefs and emotions get them out of where they're stuck in the past and they will, almost like a curse has been lifted they'll immediately change into their naturally valuable states and, and then have them get to know each other and get along with each other and uh so that's it's been a kind of miraculous journey and you know it was 40 years was probably 35 years of of uh, of lonely loneliness Uh, it's only recently that it's kind of caught fire but it's uh you know it's one of those things when the gods want to punish you they answer your prayers so <laughs> i'm totally bombarded these days yeah, yeah. well you know we,
2: we had another guest on um jeffrey mishlove i remember watching a podcast of his and he used the term polyphrenic mm-hmm. and i thought oh mm-hmm. there's a good side to this because yeah. like you said they just pathologize everything and so Like to have these other personalities is just bad, bad, bad. Right. And of course it's like, well, you shouldn't be the guy at home. You shouldn't be the guy at work that you are at home and vice versa. It's not be good. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's great. What a huge relief to know that these parts can actually be uh, put back into balance, I guess. That's right. That they were originally good. Exactly like right. eating is obviously good, but if you <laughs> if it's out of balance, mm-hmm. it could kill you mm-hmm. so how you know uh I guess for me the question in there that I want to ask is that uh, how do I talk to the part or get the the part to talk to me so that I'm listening is this like does it involve like a form of hypnosis or
4: uh, what's I, the process for doing that not really and if you wanted to try it, we could do it for a few minutes. Okay, I'll go on the
2: spot. <laughs> sure, why not?
4: Okay, so is there a part of you you'd like to get to know better or a part that gets in the way?
2: That's definitely a part that gets in the way. Uh, I feel like I know it too well. but <laughs> Obviously, I don't. I, it wouldn't be getting in my way.
4: Yeah, well, you know it in a certain way, but we could try and get to know it in a different way. Okay. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Do you want to say what it is, or would you rather keep that confidential and we just work with it?
2: Um. Well, I guess identifying it is key. Uh, I'm more aware of what it makes me do than okay. what it is.
4: Let's go, we'll um, go with that. What does it make you do?
2: Uh. It makes me isolate. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, it makes me retreat Got it. from people like being on the road is a great, I'm on the road right now, which is why I have this backdrop because okay. it's a hotel room back here. But, um, being on the road really is it's, it makes it hard because of the, the loneliness part. Mm-hmm. Um, and where I could reach
4: out to people, I would just retreat. Got it, got it. Okay, you want to give this a try then? Okay. All right, so focus on that impulse to retreat and find it in your body or around your body. Mm.
2: I never thought of it that way.
4: Yeah, just see if you can find it. If you can't, it's okay, but sometimes you can locate it in your body or around your body. Well, I normally
2: have, uh, I guess I didn't know if those were connected. I have problems with my stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, when I get anxious or feeling bad about myself, I have, so I guess it's in my
4: stomach. All right, so focus down there. And as you notice that... Retreating part of you? How do you feel toward it? How do I feel towards it? Yeah. In other words, it sounds like you wish you wouldn't do this.
2: Yeah, so I feel... Uh, I don't want to say mad at it, but... No, it makes sense. I'm you know, extremely yeah. frustrated by it, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've tried to
4: overcome it. You've tried to deal with it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. And yeah. it's, uh, I feel a great deal of annoyance. Okay. Almost, you know, on the scale from severely annoyed to mad. I'm not mad, but, you know.
4: Severely annoyed, okay. Frustrated. Got it. So it makes sense that you would be, but let's just see if the parts of you that don't like it and are frustrated by it could give us a little space to get to know it. Hmm. So it's hard to get to know it when you're so frustrated with it. Yeah. You have to let you get curious about it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's weird because, you know, I had a a, a, a career in television when I was younger. And so, you know, I have performance anxiety. So mm-hmm. why I put myself on television mm-hmm. and on stage in front of thousands of people? So, I guess maybe my brain sometimes thinks it's because of that and not because of the part just doing its thing in response to me feeling insecure. Because mm-hmm. I keep, I have a, a tangible way of bringing it onto myself again.
4: Okay, that's possible. But we're going to also ask the thinking part to give us some space too. And I'm going to invite you to go back to that impulse to retreat. And just focus on it again in your body. And see, how, how do you feel toward it now as we've been talking? I see why you say it. it's young. It thinks we're young. Yeah. 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 That's deep. Yeah. So stay with it, o- Othiel, okay? No, know it's, it's getting emotional, but just stay with yeah. it. Oh, it's good. Wow, yeah, okay. this is something. <laughs> and just ask it what it wants you to know about itself and how young it is and whatever it wants you to know and don't think. Just wait and see what comes. God, I never thought to do this.
2: <laughs> All right, let me try Nobody this. Does. Yeah, it's a whole new territory. Yeah, Um, I mean it's just trying to shield me that's right from the uh, it's almost like uh, my fear is like a boogeyman it's just trying to
4: protect me from the boogeyman so let them know you get that and as you get that how do you feel torn in I mean, yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> Definitely not mad anymore. Good, good. Let it or know. annoyed or whatever it is. It's, uh, yeah. This is heavy. To switch yeah. from annoyed to almost the point of being angry to being grateful. Like good. Yeah. That?
4: Wow. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's deep. So just keep letting you know how grateful you are to it. Mm. For trying so hard to protect you, <laughs> boy, it's been trying hard and <laughs>
2: succeeding some of the time. <laughs> yeah, almost killed me. Jesus, killed a lot of my friends. Wow, uh-huh. wow. wow, yeah. But this, this is that's the part I was curious about. Like, it thinks I'm still like, you know, what twelve. I guess all this came on for me, like in puberty, I had no abuse from my parents or anything. I had a really, you know, good childhood. But You know, when you uh, when you hit puberty, all these things come in, you know, all the insecurities kind of pile on. And I'm thinking probably like around 12. I don't even know why that number, but yeah, I think it thinks I'm like 12 years old or something.
4: Okay, so let him know you get that he thinks that and tell him how old you really are. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to tell us, but yeah. Tell him how old you really are and just see how he reacts to that information. Quite a few years.
2: I mean, it's hard for me to say because it's such a subjective thing. But my first thought is that it feels like, uh, I don't want to say threatened, but maybe a little disappointed because now it's going to be it's been doing this job for me, like, I don't, it doesn't really know what else to do.
4: Okay, so that's that's a really good question, Mateo. So ask it if it really believed it didn't have to protect you this way, and it was freed up, it was liberated, what might it like to do instead inside of you?
2: This is heavy, man. Okay. I feel kind of scared to ask it that. <laughs> but, uh. What's the fear? I'm not even sure. I guess I don't want to. But it's not a threatening question.
4: Uh. If it's scary, you don't have to ask. But. No, I've. I've it might reassure this part that it, it can do something else. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't. You know, this is subjective, but I just hear in my head. It just says, "Hey, I just want to hang out. I don't even want to have to do this." Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. It's tired, right? It's tired I think it know.
2: wants to go on my scuba diving trips with me. <laughs>
3: just like just your out. friend.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How does that sound? I mean, this is wild, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I got to. I don't want to interrupt the process, no, I but I've watched the, I, a few videos. I mean, I've, I got turned on to you a while back, months ago. And then your name came up again. And so I was watching some videos again recently. And I, and I thought, well wow, I don't know. Yeah, after getting reacquainted with your process, I was like, I don't know if I could do that, if it like, would, like, work for me. Mm-hmm. But, boy, does it work. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. No, it does. Wow, well, man.
4: I, I so appreciate you giving it a shot, because I think it would really uh, helps our purpose, which is to have people get a sense of how this does work. and Well, how quickly the, the, the fear mm-hmm. there to do it,
2: like, you know, first I didn't think to do it. It didn't occur to me. To look at it that way. Right. And then the other part is when you ask me to do it, then I'm afraid to do it. Yeah. So I see why people wouldn't like naturally kind of get there. Like it has to be. Pulled yeah. out of you, or you have to be led there in a certain way. But when you yeah. are, like, wow, that's deep, man.
3: It, it, that, yeah. When I when I first, uh, I've I've practiced I, IFS with a IFS certified therapist, and um, you're exactly right, O'Teal. It was like I wanted so bad to do it, and then once it was time to do it, I was terrified to do it. Yeah. And then it was as it's happening, I'm like, Oh my God, it's like, it's happening. Like, this is what I've been, you build up and build up and build up. And it's, I mean, you, you couldn't have said it better that these parts are exhausted, just absolutely (laughs) exhausted. And that's the best way to describe my, I can't speak for anyone else, but that's what my anxiety and that's what my panic. And that's what my depression feels like is just total exhaustion. And when, you look at it from this perspective Of all of these parts Like Had to emergently clock in To save us right. And they, no one ever said Hey you could punch out Yeah they're like firemen
2: Right, yeah. They never get a break yeah. For
3: decades <laughs> may, may, For some people maybe ever yeah. they that's punch in when they're six and then like, when they're uh, 93 <laughs> they punch it yeah yeah, yeah so i mean exactly for you to right. say that like that part wants to go scuba diving with you is uh, that's, that's beautiful just, to me that's just wants to yeah. be your friend it wants yeah. a vacation yeah or to a
2: vacation from having to do that job that's right yeah so now then the question is like okay so what would it's good job because you said like now we could take these parts and free them of this old job that they're stuck in thinking that I'm 12. Now, What would its original or good purpose, Like what does it
4: get to do now? It can just go scuba diving with you and be your friend. You know, uh, at some point, it might kind of remember what it's designed to do and might start to do that. But for now, it can just hang out. That's great. Yeah, it needs to
2: clock out yeah. after I'm 57 now. It's a lot of years without a vacation. <laughs>
4: that's right. And, wow. You know, they're young to begin with. They, these parts are not adults. They're, but that's they're, what I wanted to ask you.
2: What age is the part? Is it still? Did, or is it? So, that's a so great question. Go back
4: in and ask it. Just ask it how old it is. It'll tell you.
2: Yeah, of course it's 12, of course, or whatever that age range, because it's still stuck
4: there. That's right. Of course it it is. Well, it's been doing this labor-intensive job for, what, 40, 45 years, and uh, it's a little kid, and it's really tired. Wow. And all all it took was for you to not be frustrated with it and listen to it. Hmm. And that's, you know, it's a really tough sell in this culture, but that's yeah. all it takes most of the time. It doesn't take fancy hypnotic technique or anything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this culture is really screwed because we are not getting this. Right. <laughs> we are not getting well, the, I mean, the suicide rages and the addiction, but all of it. I mean, wow.
4: Exactly well, right. That's what I'm trying to bring because. Wow psychiatry and psychology and, and the culture in general pits you against your parts.
3: Yes. Thank you for saying that. That's, that's something I wanted to ask you in, in looking at, you know, earlier on in our conversation, you mentioned that you thought marriage and family therapy was like the, the cure or the, the new, um, it's a new form. Uh, it, it's a postmodern, you know, way of looking solution focused and, mm-hmm. and not so set in the old structure. Um, and, and for this to, and just for, for folks who may not know, could you give a, t- a little bit of background as to like what that means? Like what solution focused means or what, you know, you, we hear cognitive behavioral therapy and things like this. Um, so internal family systems is even a step further where it's, we're not pitting ourselves against our parts. We're saying there's no bad parts. That's right. You all have a part in this. You know, I don't want to speak for
4: you, but if you could I think that's so important for everyone to know to Yeah um, You know, the parallel would be Family therapy's Big insight was to say You can't take an acting out kid Out of the family and tell him to cut it out And expect that to work You have to understand the forces in the family That are forcing that kid Into that role And change all that And help him be released from having to protect himself that way or to protect other family members. And it's a direct parallel to this inner system. So these parts, you can't take them and just say, stop doing it because you don't know what they're protecting. You don't know where they're stuck in the past, and you don't know all the other things that are allied to keep them in that role. And so that's what I did. I just took that idea from family therapy and brought it to this internal system, and it just uh, fits really well. And uh, yeah, family therapy was a big pendulum swing away from the pathologizing of more traditional psychoanalysis or, uh, or the medical model, which is really dominating psychiatry. Yeah. Uh, and then this is, a, like you said, a step further yeah. toward depathologizing basically everything. I could take any diagnostic category and for me is an accurate description of just a cluster of protective parts and would give you a very non-pathologized understanding of that, that uh, DSM category that allows people to start to work, to change it. So yeah, it's been a long haul. And then the other thing we haven't talked about yet is as I was doing this work of having people do a piece of work like you did just now, know, right? I was trying to get people to listen to these parts rather than fight with them mm-hmm. at times they would start out doing that but then suddenly they'd be furious with the part and it reminded me of family sessions where I'm trying to have two people talk to each other and as they're doing that and I'm trying to get them to listen to each other and suddenly one of them is furious at the other and you look around the room and you see maybe the father is siding covertly with the uh, Daughter against the mother, and you get that father to step back in the room, and the daughter comes down, and they have a better conversation. Mm. But maybe the same thing's happening in this inner system. <laughs> so I began. I began saying, "Can you find the one who's so furious with the, in this case, the withdrawing part, and mm. could you get it to just relax in there or step back in there?" And to my amazement, clients could do it just the way you did. And when they did, it was like a different person popped out, which happened here, who, you know, seconds earlier, you were frustrated and so on. You get that one and step back, and now, and you listen, you get curious, and you listen, and while you listen, you start to have enormous compassion for this part. And so I found that over and over, that simply getting some of these parts to open space inside would release this other person who would come out the same way across clients with curiosity and compassion and confidence and calm, what we call the eight C words of self-leadership. Because I came to call that the self because when I'd ask what part of you is that, people would say, that's not a part like these others. That's me. That's myself. Mm. So we call that the self with a capital S. And it turns out 40 years later that that self with those C-word qualities and there are four others that I didn't mention is in everybody and can't be damaged and knows how to heal. Once it's released, it'll take over actually and start to heal, which is sort of what happened even in those five minutes we... We did, and uh, is just beneath the surface of these parts, such that when they open space, it emerges spontaneously. And that's a big deal. that That discovery can change everything. So um, yeah, so that's what's kept me going all these four years. Well, it's exciting because I think
2: this part has had a really big job. And it's been on the job constantly. And now it's a job, it knows like it doesn't have to do that job anymore, which means it has an amazing capacity whatever good job it's going to do, like this thing is built for like oh, a Lord. lot of goodness. Cause it's it's a strong 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. I'm glad to give it a break for a while, like take vacation. That's right. You know? But uh, man, it's probably going to come back like gang, but I, I guess it will have me being like, hey man, reach out. Like, yeah. you know. Uh,
4: exactly right. Yeah. That's so often the case that the part Wants to do the opposite of the job it was in before, so the one who makes you withdraw wants to get you out there. So, in
2: fact, I think it's done that a little bit. To be honest, because you know, I've done a lot of work on myself since you know, let's say in the last seventeen years, like since I was forty. I really like tried to just cha- work on myself, you know, and that part has helped me like reach out more, mm-hmm. but I just never sat down and like talked with it before. Mm-hmm. So it still has to do some of its old job, just a lot less of it,
0: mm-hmm. you know, not
2: so much to ruin my life, but, you know, just to be sure it hasn't been fired from that job. totally yet. <laughs> I guess we just did
3: What's up, everybody? This is Mike, and today's show is sponsored by Sunset Lake CBD, a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with stress and sleep without breaking the bank. Sunset Lake CBD
2: is a majority-employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of one of our favorite places, Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. We had them on the podcast. In 2019, they diversified
3: and started growing hemp for CBD. And Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to the customer, cutting out all the cost associated with getting on the shelves at stores. They have CBD products for every occasion and offer tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokeables and even for that anxious dog of yours they have pet products oh i need to get some for my dog that's barking
2: all the time but Mm -hmm. i'll tell you this i use these the sour bears so good they are cbd gummies i literally no joke i take these
3: every night they help me sleep
2: And it's almost bedtime
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yep And I still As said it before I'll say it again You go to a long show You come home My 42 year old ankles Are Not what they used to be And I rub that salve All over them And uh, put them up enjoy a a nice cocktail and uh, just let it ooze right into those sore bones and you know what folks, all you Comes to Time fans, if you check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME T-I-M-E, you'll get 20% off all products that's sunsetlakecbd.com use promo code TIME, 20% off all products CBD, farmer owned, Vermont grown, thank you get you some. Uh, Well, and Dick, correct me if I'm wrong, but with IFS, uh, that accessing and and communicating with that one part, there are multiple other parts that are sitting back and watching and observing what Otiel just experienced. And those parts have been obviously affected by... That progress as well, correct
4: that's correct, yeah, and had we had more time, we could have asked this one if it protected some other part, and it may well wow. be that it protects a younger part that wow. was hurt somehow when you uh, when you got out there and and wow. also needed your attention Interesting. and and so yeah and The other thing that happened is just in that little piece of time, your parts started to see there is a you who could actually talk to them. You know, there's a a way you could have them all sit at a kind of conference table and you would be the, you know, the board of directors and you would be talking about, or or you would be the parent to this little family and, and help them all start to get to know each other and get together. Because... Most people don't even know of the self. They, they're, they're sort of run by their protective parts. And it's a big relief, as we found, when they, say, when they can see there is somebody else in here who can lead my life and isn't five years or 12 years old yeah. who actually can start running things. So this concept of getting more confidence, getting the parts to have more confidence in the self's leadership is a big part of this as well. Man, this is amazing. And it's such
2: a great uh, image of what I thought polyphrenic is or what I think it is, Mm -hmm. which is, it's not disconnected. Maybe it's just a Western society thing. I understand that we have to like segregate things to analyze them and compartmentalize them. But you see it in like the medical profession, like, it's it's so specialized that yeah. the foot person has no idea it's not all integrated yeah, yeah. and that's why the holistic thing is is become so popular because i mean god i feel for you man like 40 years of fighting against <laughs> a great wall of china of western you know <laughs> like yeah. keep everything separate so, not and- integrating and synthesizing you know yeah you yeah,
4: know a lot of lonely years, but
3: uh, <sighs> thank God you know, stuck it with good. it. You, yeah, man. You know, I think one of the things that's you know we have to you know we discuss it quite a bit here on the podcast and just talking with ourselves just about the importance of of normalizing mental health and making destigmatizing it and realizing that there are different types and there are different pathways and things like that. You know, a lot of people here therapy and immediately they go no no not for me I don't need it I'm this I'm that I'll, I'll just you know take an Advil kind of if you will and try to get through it the thing I love about IFS is the word hope
1: mm-hmm. I mean
3: there there is hope for folks who aren't sure of those parts and aren't I mean the, it's not we have to go all the way back through to the beginning and work our way back and mm-hmm. I forgot this part and I remember this and we're out of time and this mm-hmm. is we go into the self, like you said, and we look around. And that's when I experienced when I was doing it for the first time, I ended up in a room, I ended up in a room in a house that I used to live in. And -hmm. I was looking around the room. And at first it was just an empty room. And then I started to find all of these different, you know, like a, a storage bin and another door and a light switch and a blind that was down. And they all meant something. And it was all part of, this experience, but I felt hopeful the whole time. It, it was that feeling of kind of spring cleaning or, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, right. like painting the room over and, and it just gave everything a, it gave therapy mm-hmm. a, a, a sense of hope. I wasn't going through it alone. I wasn't putting on the miner's helmet and digging through the old stuff. It would just felt, I can move forward. I, mm-hmm. I can, you yeah. know, and it's just... I, I feel in' cause I'm fascinated by the world of therapy and, and all of it um I think this is absolutely so important that someone can hear that word hope and therapy in the same sentence, so yeah. thank you for that
4: Thank you, Mike Yeah I call myself a hope merchant and and I'm proud of that and <laughs> yeah. I love that and you're, you know you're uh, you're right it's the other nice thing about it is I don't have to be real clever as a therapist, yeah. Because I'm just having, you, I'm just pointing oh you in the right direction,
3: yeah,
4: and and getting you to get curious, and you're making the discoveries. It's not me giving you the interpretation of what's going on. It's it's all coming to you, and I'm just kind of there as your companion. So it's 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 you know I know that therapy has a bad name, and and uh, rightly so in in many cases, but. This is quite different. So, Yeah,
2: it really is. The cool thing about it is it's not hard to find. There's a book I've read, uh, or a guy I know, uh, I've read about him in a book. His name is Dr. Paul Brand. He wrote a book called The Gift of Pain. And he said the beautiful part about pain is it lets you know exactly where the problem is and how severe it is. He's like, like, without that, you know, you would die. Because you wouldn't know, oh, I have a tumor in here because I have a pain in here or whatever. It's same with a psychological pain. Like you could find it right there. It's like, what what's that thing? It's not uh, some deep, long process that you have to go to. It's like quite natural. Yeah. Um, But thank you for persevering through that, because it's happened a lot on our podcast. We had uh, like. It's a theme like with Stanley Krippner or the mm-hmm. people doing psychedelic. Rick. yeah, research, Rick Doblin. Yeah. Or it's all the, the marijuana people, the UFO people, like you know, we're talking forty, fifty, sixty, seventy years of yeah. just
3: misfit power. The
2: government and the society and everybody being like, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to like that's a lot of time. You know, as a a cannabis user, I've been made into a criminal for, you know, when did I start using? 17 years old or whatever, you know, that's a long time, man. Now, I have a marijuana medical card in Florida, but you know, I spent a lot of time. So thank you for persevering through that cuz I'm sure the, the 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 industry psychiatry is, you know, it's just as rigid Yeah. As...
4: Yeah, it was it was challenging, but I did have uh, a little group that that uh, you know it felt like star wars the evil empire and then we were this little rebel group and uh, and you know i had such amazing clients and such amazing experiences with clients that uh, that just kept me going so
2: nothing like success to help you go yeah i'm gonna stick with this
4: yeah
3: what's that process like with coming up with a i mean literally developing a new thing Theory or a new thought Like that must have been a ton of pressure At that moment like how do you take That revelation That light bulb goes off and then Practically put it into Words or I mean that must have been a really Tough process for
4: you It was that was tough but You know pretty early on Maybe uh, it's well The whole thing will be 40 years Old next year so Maybe 85 or so I started to to get, wow, this is really something big. And uh, I hope the right person comes along who can take it where it's supposed to go, because I'm just a little kid. You know, I was about 34 years old at the time. Wow. And pretty irresponsible in general. And (laughs) and, um, so I'm still waiting for that guy to come along, or Uh, or a woman. So I'm assuming you did this... For yourself too, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing that kept me going is I could really see how uh, how much it helped me, and and as I went along, I just became clearer and clearer that I had a lot of healing to do in order to bring this. You know, once once I settled on the fact that I'm the one I've been waiting for, I'm the one that's who to bring this. Wow. But I said, that's it to do this right, I've got to do a lot of work on myself because I had all these you know, I had parts that really wanted to be a guru and Mm. wanted to get all the accolades and to counter this worthlessness that I'd felt as a kid because I I grew up in a very scientific um, medical family and I'm the oldest of of six boys and I was supposed to be that and I had, looking back probably ADHD and wasn't a good student and so I drove my father crazy and he let me know and and so I had all this worthlessness as I came out of my family and so I needed something to counter the worthlessness and so that kept me going for a while and then I became the leader of a community and I said well those narcissistic parts are not (laughs) going to help and I really have to do a lot of work with them and I have. So if I'm proud of anything, I, I, uh, did my work and now, you know, people remark on how humble I seem and it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty genuine. I don't need that kind of, uh, stroking all the time. Wow. I wish
2: we had a better oh my- language for what it is. Cause like for me, I feel like, uh, very, I I don't mean to be so binary about it, but when you have just like a hard scientism kind of belief, which it sounds like it's what you grew up in, I kind of go, well, I need some more of the mystical then Mm -hmm. because this obviously isn't going to work enough for me. But That's why I say I wish I had uh, maybe some different language. I wonder if you see it that way. Is it not necessarily a mystical thing? Like, what do you call it? It's because it's not just a hard scientism,
4: you know. Yeah, that's a good question. So as I moved along, I mean, I think part of the reason I was chosen to bring this is because I do have that hard science background. Yes. In terms of being an empiricist, and I'm not gonna go beyond the data, I'm not gonna be too woo-woo in that way. But as I, for example, with self, as I saw how it couldn't be damaged, and even in people that had horrible, horrible childhoods, you get their parts to open space, it's the same damn self popped out. And as I started getting that, I couldn't reconcile that with attachment theory, for example. That says to have any of those qualities, you had to have had a certain kind of good parenting during Mm -hmm. a critical period in your childhood. And I was working with people who had been tortured on a daily basis. Mm. So at some point I had to say, you know, standard psychology doesn't account for this finding. And I started looking around and it turns out that virtually every spiritual tradition has a word for what I'm calling self. Yeah. As, even though very few psychologists do, and they describe it in basically the same way. Yeah. I found a way to access it a lot quicker. You don't have to meditate twenty years to get to it, but it's really the same. And so it it became more mystical, if you want to call it more spiritual. And and the the book I just wrote this last year, No Bad Parts, I finally came out of the closet about a lot of that and. Hmm. Uh and it felt good. It feels good to uh acknowledge that, you know, we're we're playing with what ancient traditions have found uh all over the world. And uh so yeah, it has become very very spiritual. Yeah, I was you know the process I went from being pretty much an atheist, scientific atheist, to now I I'm a big believer in a lot of things that I never thought I would.
2: I think it's kind of like a cargo cult. This is my new thing. I actually was brought to this because of UFOs and stuff. But you know the the cargo cult in Papua New Guinea that there was planes coming over and they hadn't seen planes before and they dropped supplies Mm -hmm. for them. And so they worshipped ah. for lack of a better word. And they made replicas of these planes out of okay. sticks. And wow. so like anybody from our culture would take one look at it and go, that's a plane.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So now they didn't understand aerodynamics any more than I do. <laughs> I don't know how it's that heavy and gets up, but I ride it, but you know, we could clearly, there's it doesn't take but a millisecond to go, that's a plane. Mm-hmm. So I think all the religions are kind of like that, where there's something there that they're mm-hmm. right about. And mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't totally grasp it all, which is part of theology, is that how could you possibly grasp that? Mm-hmm. But I think they're all right in some way because they've, <clears throat> they've left this evidence. Like this part that I was just dealing with, it's right there in Genesis when when God says to Adam, why are you hiding from me? And he says, cause I was naked and ashamed. And he said, who told you to be ashamed? Hmm. Right. Okay. There are no bad parts, no bad parts. Right. That's page one. That's amazing. Page one is there's no bad parts. I had to go <laughs> to 40, to, you yeah. know, around the mountain for 40 years for sure. And I was not raised religious. I was raised against it, you know, hmm. but it just,
3: and to, yeah, and, and to your point, Otil too. Like, if you look at Buddhism, the first the first noble truth is all of life is suffering, yeah. which is normalizing the fact that it's not always going to be a, a cakewalk. we going to yeah, yeah about, like you said, yeah. carry your cross. Yeah, so it, it is, is that gonna... right. And the thing that the thing that I think too with this, you know, between a mystic experience or a, a hopeful approach to therapy. Also, in researching and you know anticipating chatting with you is the um, collaboration with psychedelic medicines. It mm-hmm. seems to me that there's uh, from what i 've you know, seen and experienced and you, you access that self mm-hmm. uh, faster and you 're yep. able to kind of clear some of the protectors out of the way and you 're able to integrate. What you're learning in an imprint to kind of rewire that default mode. Yeah, for the totally left brained person, yeah. you know, that can be like, boop.
4: Yeah, and that's exactly right. I've I, uh, been trying to bring IFS to the psychedelic world and help it become the map to that territory. And uh, a couple, just about a week ago, I spent a week with a guy named Phil Wilson who is sort of the ketamine maven. Mm -hmm. And we did uh, a six-day training with therapists learning how to do the combination of ketamine and IFS. And exactly what you said is just amazing, how uh, with with the low-dose ketamine, they would leave for about 12 minutes, and then as they came back, it was like their protectors had gone to sleep, their managers, the the default managers. And they were just in a huge amount of self. And that's a big invitation for all these exiled parts to come in. Ordin- ordinarily, they don't have any access to. Yeah. And so we could do an enormous amount of work in 10, 15 minutes. Uh, life-changing work.
3: Life-changing work.
4: Yeah. It's like they're
2: guards. They're guardians. Uh, yeah. It's like a... You know, they're standing in front of you with the guns, like in front of the Buckingham Palace, with the big hats. You
3: know? And when you think about when you think about it like that, you you can establish a sense of self empathy, maybe for the first time ever. And you totally. can go, "Oh, I can actually go easy on myself because I've been on guard." That's right. For decades yeah. and decades and decades, as a seven-year-old, as a ten-year-old, as a twelve-year-old, like n- no yeah. kid, like. No kid should have to stay in guard no for real it's but, exhausting but yeah. I, I I'm sure dick i mean how many has there ever been a percentage yeah. of i mean how many people have guards obviously we can't you know quantify it mathematically, but like everyone's got a trauma everyone's yep. got a guard it's obviously on a on a scale but um I'm sure, I, I, I couldn't imagine really anyone being Some therapies don't adhere with certain folks Some people don't, I mean
4: Yeah
3: IFS has to have a pretty incredible You know, attraction a, a rate or whatever you may
4: call it Yeah, we do well I mean, um, all of our outcome studies are very impressive and uh, And, you know, some of it is The culture has to change because this is such a rugged individualistic culture, especially for men, that if you get a trauma, not only now do you have that pain from the trauma or their terror or that that worthlessness, but we all want to get away from it. We're taught to just move on. Don't look back. Just let it all go. And we think we're just locking away the memories But in fact, we're locking away the parts of us that were hurt the most, which generally are these very young 12-year-old or whatever they are, parts of us that just because they got hurt now are locked up. And if we could reverse that so that when somebody's bullied in school, they go to the part that's hurt right right afterwards and they embrace it and they don't lock it up, then you don't need all this protection because... The reason you need all the protection is because you've got all this vulnerability locked away and anything could trigger it at any moment. And so all these protectors have to, you know, be the guards at Buckingham Palace to keep that from happening. I mean, what a relief. It must. must. I'm excited. Are there
2: IFS therapists in Florida? (laughs) Because if, if my parts are now free to do... The good things, limitless. That they're free. Man, my life can be like. Totally. A bad feeling comes up, and the part goes, "You okay?" And I'm like, "I'm good. I'm 57. It's like, all right, because I'm having fun fishing here.
3: (laughs) You know, know, it's so it's so funny, and it's and it's something that I, I I definitely wanted to ask you, Dick, about these like these fleeting. When you say like, you know, you leave on a psychedelic, you leave, come back transcendent moments during meditation um, Mm. when you have that kind of I consider it to be a very light feeling um, not so heavy not so burdened Um, a lot of those tend to be you have an expansion and then there's a contraction it will last a certain amount of time or it'll you know um, with IFS do you feel that the half-life like the, the, the success in the marathon versus the sprint has been Kind of um, I think you know what I'm trying to say Like does it last long Longer than some of the other Type of behavioral therapies
4: Yeah well uh, It does because It becomes a life practice It's not like You do one session And you're healed And then you just go on your way Right You know My advice to you Would be Every day For the next month or so Check in with that guy And just remind him let him know you're thinking of him and you next time you go scuba diving he's coming with you and and you love him now that you know who he really is and if you do that this will stick yeah if you don't yeah. do that he's going to feel abandoned and he's going to go back so but people can do it on their own right. so that's one of the ways it's different from a lot of therapies
2: I mean it's almost 180 degrees because it's like you're you're in your mind even if they aren't telling you this specifically, it feels like you're saying we have to banish this part. Stop. Almost right. like don't exist. Yeah. Right. And it's like, this is a like 180 degrees from that. It's like, no hey, bad man, parts. Yeah. sorry you've been stuck doing this all these decades. Yeah. Thank you. And I love you. And man, take a vacation. Like let's go scuba dive. That's so
4: radical. Just wow. Yeah. Wow. It's very wow, cool man. listening to you guys get this. So i I really appreciate it's. It.
3: Just, I, I, we've been absolutely. We've been dying to yeah. have you on. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's been you know. Um, I've watched so many videos that I think you're doing really really groundbreaking work that's going to change the face of psychotherapy forever. But this is you, how you f- change for the culture. This is yeah, how you do it. culture is
2: so yeah. stuck for now. I mean, obviously we're coming out of it. I think we're even being pushed out of it because the reality is you look at the, <laughs> the psychic, uh, mm-hmm. trauma that our whole society is under now with the shootings and just like, wait, that's bad. It's really so bad. I think we can finally go, all right, this isn't working. Like whatever we think is like, so we're so arrogant about it. And we're so advanced. But this shit is not working. So, exactly um, right. But it's changing the culture seems so daunting, but this is the way to do it. As some, as individuals get freed, like, how could you not want to try it? Like,
3: right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Dick, do you feel that there's that cultural shift kind of coming in the in the you know from where you stand as a in in your field um, that therapy and acknowledging your mental health is just as important as say getting your cholesterol checked or getting your heart checked or getting your colonoscopy and things like that? Do you feel like it's starting to be more normalized and more accepted in the mainstream? Um.
4: Yeah, but unfortunately. It's still a pathologized kind of mental health, so that getting checked is like give you a diagnosis and some medication yeah, yeah. rather than let's go find the parts that are giving you these symptoms and and start to listen to them so um, i'm I'm hoping it can be both where and and I think if people got that, it, it isn't therapy as usual, but there's a, a way to actually listen inside, and you're doing most of it yourself, um, yeah. that I think it, it would be uh, destigmatizing as well. That, that, uh, so anyway, that's, that's the grand vision, and it's not going to happen in my lifetime, but I feel like uh, this is one thread that actually, with some others, could really change things. I think you got a
2: great ball rolling, snowball rolling <laughs> yeah, down. happy to turn
3: it into an avalanche. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> really makes me think of
2: like how I'm going to, this is going to really help me with raising my children. That's true. Yeah. You know?
4: Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. when you're, when you're polarized with one of your parts or you're angry at it or then when your kid acts like one of your parts, you're going to treat them the same way
3: or her oh man that's so true yeah apple in the tree can you can um, for folks who are are um, maybe interested in finding out about IFS in their area could you direct our listeners to a place to find that information
4: yeah we have a directory on our website which is ifs-institute.com and uh, happy to recommend uh, somebody in your area to
2: and yeah, I'm of, I'm on this, dude.
4: There are a lot of people that do it uh on Zoom too, so it doesn't actually have to be nearby. That's it's at ifs-institute.com. Yeah. Okay. That's how That's I,
3: I, I, I I when I did it it was it was during the yeah. latter part of the pandemic, so it was on Zoom and uh yeah, it's really really profound, really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, really beautiful. And it's, it, it felt a bit overwhelming at the moment. Cause it's like, Oh man, how many parts are actually in here? Yeah. Like that part, that was a moment where I was kind of yeah. like, cause you do feel them if you're open to it. And if you're, yeah. you're like, Oh, there's quite a few
4: there's here. quite a few yeah and when yeah. you open the door they rush the gate you know because they've been waiting and waiting <laughs> he's finally here <laughs> yeah. so, so you go hey so everyone take a number first. but we just say okay everybody's gonna get a turn you can do it one at a time Take your time.
2: Yeah. But What a great team you have afterwards. It's like this is the strongest team ever because they've never been off the job. Like after whatever break you're going to give them, man, wow. Yeah. What a –
3: it's – I genuinely can't thank you enough for what you're doing because, you know, you mentioned just in passing in that last, you know, statement you made, but you're, we're doing the work. The patient is doing the work The the fear that so many men have about therapy is they don't want to be talked at. They don't want to be told what they're feeling is wrong. They don't want to be, you know, they're, they're like, you know, demasculated or whatever it may be, but no, I'm not telling you, you do the work, you do it. Talk to your parts. You ask yeah. them what the, that's a, that's just so groundbreaking. Like you said, O'Teal, 180 degrees. Well and we've the other made thing, it to an ideal, like to suffer stoically. Mm-hmm.
2: The stiff upper lip. Yeah. Right. That yeah. like this, this a statue. It's mm-hmm. like, man, I'm not a statue, I'm flesh and blood, dude. That's not gonna work. Yeah.
4: That's right. Yeah. And the other thing is um the language is very helpful because it's one thing to think, you know, I yell at my wife and I'm a bad person because I do that. It's another thing to think there's a, a protective part of me that takes over and makes me yell at my wife and it's protecting this little boy in there that so, was so hurt by my mother and it's just to protect her and it's my responsibility to keep it from doing that but it isn't who I am, you know? It it's doesn't define who I am. So that helps too.
2: I hope we can find a a language just only to circle back around to that for a second, just because I feel like with so many people, especially in this culture, to have to like go, well, we're going to have to deal with something like on a spiritual basis or a mystical basis. Then it's like the wall goes right yeah, up. Yeah, true. Their part comes right back in. No, nope. <laughs> and <laughs> also insurance you
3: know. <laughs> insurance is not going to pay for a mystical experience. So ask Medicare to pay for a you know
4: meeting yourself. That's that's, that's that's a yeah, toughie.
2: So I, I, I think uh, you doing this, uh, and I guess I have to read your latest book. So, to, you know, but to find a, a language where this could guide mm-hmm. people into trying it without putting the barrier up, you mm-hmm. know, to s- say, yeah. okay, that's essentially, this is like a spiritual thing we're going to have to do. Cause some people just can't, they just roll look. their eyes, you know, and it's like, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'd rather feel bad than yep. just be open-minded. It's the devil, you know, right?
4: And I, and I was one of them. <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough, um, honestly. Uh, it's a- absolutely an honor to have you here with yeah. us today, and thank I'm, you. I
4: love talking to both of you. Really, uh, it's been a treat. Well no, thank you.
3: Come back for and it. join us again sometime soon. Maybe we'll have uh, you and and Rick on, and we'll do. Be uh, fun.
4: Be great fun
3: that yeah. blast. Thank you everyone for listening, and uh, please check out ifsinstitute.com for more information. Thanks, Dick. Thank you, Dick.
4: Thank you
0: service: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football